98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. An expert panel recommends that people with compromised immune systems should get priority for the third COVID jab. Lawmakers pass an amendment empowering the authorities to ban movies on national security grounds. And the chief secretary explains the decision to strike the alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China from the company's register. An expert panel has recommended that people with compromised immune systems should get priority for the third dose of coronavirus vaccine. It's at cancer patients, transplant recipients and people on dialysis or suffering from AIDS should be first in line for a booster shot. One of the experts, Professor David Hoy, also said people who've had two Sinovac jabs could switch to BioNTech for their booster. If the subject is already uh, receiving two doses of BioNTech, there's no reason why you want to switch to a weaker immunogenic agent. There's no good scientific reason to do that, right? But on the other hand, for those who receive uh, two doses of coronavirus, uh, being a weaker immunogenic vaccine, then if you switch to a beyond tech, that will actually stimulate higher antibody level. Hong Kong has recorded five new imported cases. Three arrived from Pakistan on an Emirates flight and health officials have now banned Emirates flights from Dubai and Bangkok for two weeks. The remaining cases are from the U.S. Lawmakers have passed a bill that allows authorities to ban movies which are deemed to be contrary to the interests of national security, but they said the ban should be extended to include online videos as well. Damon Pang reports. Under the new law, authorities could pull films that have already been approved for screening if they are considered to be glorifying or supporting acts that could endanger national security. Before endorsing the amendment to the film censorship ordinance, several councillors said they wanted the government to extend the regulation to cover not only movies to be screened in theatres, but also online videos. But Commerce Minister Edward Yao insisted that such an extension requires careful and comprehensive studies. He spoke through an interpreter. We hope that the bill will commence as soon as possible to enhance the film censorship system and to plug the loopholes. If we are to add online regulation, it would go beyond the original intent of the ordinance, not to mention the technological and enforcement considerations. Mr Yao added that the law change won't affect the actual operations of the film industry, saying officials believe that the vast majority of movies won't have anything to do with national security. He said the sector can follow clear-cut regulations and won't cross red lines by mistake. Federation of Trade Unions lawmaker Michael Locke agreed, saying there are also national security laws in the U.S., yet no one would complain that Hollywood is not free. Under the new law, the maximum penalties for showing unapproved films are raised to three years in jail and a fine of $1 million. Chief Secretary John Lee says it's the government's duty to take swift action against the alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China, which was struck off the company's register yesterday. The chief executive and council cited the group's goal of ending one-party dictatorship for its decision, saying the call amounted to subversion. Mr Lee stressed there's no room for compromise when it comes to national security. The Hong Kong government has a responsibility to take action to prevent, suppress and punish acts that threaten the national security. When such threat happens, the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region has an active duty to take action. We will be resolute when the Hong Kong government has evidence and believes that this action is necessary, it will be taken. In, and it will be taken fast. 
The authorities say they're scrapping the Chinese language oral exam for a third consecutive year because of the pandemic. Jimmy Choi has the details. Students who sit the 2023 DSE exams have been told they won't have to take the Chinese oral exam or complete a student research component for liberal studies. In a letter to secondary schools, the Examinations and Assessment Authority says it decided to scrap the assessment components for the two subjects, saying the COVID-19 pandemic has seriously affected school schedules and students' ability to prepare for DSE exams in 2023. The authorities had earlier cancelled the liberal studies student research component for next year's DSE exams. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. Ocean Park has posted a deficit of $31.8 million for the financial year ending in June. Revenue fell by almost half as visitor numbers plummeted because of the pandemic. Richard Pine has details. Ocean Park was shut for 146 days during the 2020-21 fiscal year because of COVID-19. Visitor numbers fell 36% to 1.4 million and revenues dropped 45% to $393 million. $1.45 billion from the government helped to fund the park's operations and capital expenditure, but the park still recorded a deficit of $31.8 million. In the previous financial year, the park recorded a surplus of $1.92 billion, thanks largely to a $3 billion injection from the government. The park's chief executive, Ivan Wong, says that despite this difficult operating environment, they were able to reimagine the Ocean Park experience and experiment with new concepts. The government announced a major revamp of the attraction earlier this year, which included scrapping entrance fees and turning the entire lowland area into a shopping and dining zone. Authorities said the overhaul will allow Ocean Park to return to profitability as soon as 2024. Professor Brian King from Polytechnic University's School of Hotel and Tourism Management told Timmy Sung the results are a reflection of how difficult things are for the tourism sector. I mean, obviously, it's a, not a good number, uh, but I'd say, look, it could have been a lot worse and um, reflects the difficult trading conditions for tourism sector. Uh, I saw that attendance down 36%, revenues down 45%. However, the park was closed for 40% of the days during the year, and then with social distancing as well. I think the park management did a pretty good job uh, containing costs, uh, but obviously they need the, the uh, guests to pay more, to, to spend more in the park. So, yes, it's not a good number, but could have been worse, I think. Hong Kong Exchanges and Clearing says its third quarter net profit declined 3% from a year ago to $3.3 billion. The bourse operator said the slight year-on-year fall in net profit was driven by lower investment income. HKEX CEO Nicholas Aguzin said he's cautiously optimistic about the future as the global economy recovers. We're seeing continued focus on vaccination efforts, a gradual resumption in travel, policy support from governments and commitment from businesses, finance and industries to rebuild, this all gives us cause for cautious optimism. Mr. Aguzin also dismissed fears that the government's expected scrapping of quarantine exemptions for senior company executives may push businesses away and threaten the city's status as a financial centre, but he acknowledged that the tightening of measures will affect the business community.
This is something that we're monitoring very closely. Uh, we're trying to find the, the best way to make sure that we minimize the impact of any limitations that there may be on travel or quarantine restrictions. And we, we acknowledge that the effort is there to try to uh, maintain control of the virus in the current circumstances. While I, I do believe that it has an impact, without a doubt, it is hard to say that uh, Hong Kong's position as a financial center is uh, being threatened or anything like that. And actually, some of the indications and numbers that we see go in the opposite direction. The Hong Kong Blind Union says people who are visually impaired have a higher quality of life if they enjoy greater community support, while a lot more can still be done to help them. Kelly Yu has the story. When I first lost my eyesight, I felt very lost and panicked. I isolated myself for quite a long time before going through rehabilitation. After losing my eyesight, I felt like I've lost my confidence and I have nothing left. 39-year-old Sandy recalled her distress when she went blind in 2014 from retinal detachment. But now, thanks to community support and rehabilitation training, she's turned her life around working as a barista at a social enterprise. Sandy says others are not as lucky, though. If employers know we are visually impaired, they don't give us too many opportunities. But I don't think I'm incapable. I just lack a platform or the opportunity. She was one of 167 visually impaired people interviewed by the Hong Kong Blind Union between last November and May this year. The study found that those who have received more support from the community, such as Sandy, have a higher quality of life. 59-year-old Mr. Mark, on the other hand, is one of those needing greater support. He's found it difficult to adapt to life without vision, citing an incident in which he tripped a fellow passenger with his cane on an MTR platform. The staff asked the girl if she wanted to hold me accountable for the incident. At times like these, I feel quite frustrated. People think it's my fault, but I didn't intend to hurt anyone at all. And Mr. Mok is still waiting for rehabilitation training, hoping to get back to work as soon as possible. The Hong Kong Blind Union has called on the government to provide more support for the visually impaired, such as providing subsidized eye care and more resources on rehabilitation training. Hong Kong has secured another bronze medal at the National Games for Persons with Disabilities in Changxi. In athletics, Yam Kwok Fan came third in the women's 200-metre T36 final with 35.16 seconds. It's a second bronze medal after also securing a third in the women's 100-metre T36 race on Monday. Her teammate, Yu Chun Lai, came fourth with 36.91 seconds. The Secretary for Home Affairs, Kasper Tsui, says Hong Kong will be well equipped to host water sports and golf events in the National Games in 2025. Violet Wong reports. Speaking at the last council meeting of this electrical term, Kasper Tsui told lawmakers that SAL officials will discuss with their counterparts from other co-hosting cities in Guangdong and Macau about the division of work. I think Hong Kong has many advantages in terms of hosting some of the competitions. Geographically, we have a good environment to do water sports. And as mentioned by the lawmakers, we have a nice golf course. So for these competitions in which we have a relative edge in hosting and experience in hosting events on an international level, we will speak with sports authorities in Guangdong and Macau as soon as possible. The minister added that various existing stadiums and the Kai Tak Sports Park, which is due to open in 2023, 
will provide a good basis for the city to co-host the 15th National Games. Lawmakers also urged the government to stage the opening and closing ceremonies of the mega sports events here, and Mr Cho said the government will be looking into the arrangement. The Australian footballer Josh Cavallo has come out as gay, making him the only top-level male professional player in the world to be open about his homosexuality. The BBC's Shama Khalil is in Sydney. Josh Cavallo, who plays for Adelaide United, said he'd been struggling with his sexuality for six years, learning to mask his feelings to fit the mould of a professional footballer, and that he always felt the need to hide himself because he was ashamed. The 21-year-old midfielder said he couldn't be happier with his decision to come out as gay. He added that he knew of other players who were hiding their sexuality and living in silence, and that he hoped his announcement would help them feel less alone. Arsenal are safely through to the quarterfinals of the English League Cup. The Gunners beat Leeds 2-0 at home with goals from Callum Chambers and Eddie Nakhtia. Manager Miguel Arteta made nine changes to his side after their win against Aston Villa, with the likes of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang rested and Nicolas Pepe and Mohamed Elneny given starts. These boys trained um, really well. They prepared themselves the best possible way. They've been humble enough to manage uh, some situation where they haven't had a lot of minutes to play, but they still prepare at the top level. And I'm so delighted today for them, for the performances that they put, individual and collectively, and the fact that we are in the next round. Chelsea are also through to the last eight after beating Southampton on penalties. The South African captain Temba Bavuma says teammate Quinton de Kock's refusal to take the knee ahead of yesterday's clash with the West Indies came as a surprise on what turned out to be one of his toughest days as captain. The wicketkeeper made himself unavailable for the match against the West Indies, which South Africa won by eight wickets. De Cox previously declined to take a knee. He said in June, my reason, I'll keep it to myself, it's my personal opinion. The former West Indies captain, Carlos Breathwaite, was part of the BBC's commentary team for the match. They know Quentin de Kock quite well and I've never felt any bad blood, any bad vibe from him. I'd want to know from him what his reason was. For me, it's not thinking that he hates black people. Um, I just wanted to get an idea of why. I asked myself, why wasn't this planned better? Why wasn't there a Zoom call? Why wasn't there a meeting? Why wasn't there a directive before the tournament to let everyone know this is where Cricket South Africa stands? And a reminder of our top stories tonight. An expert panel recommends that people with compromised immune systems should get priority for the third COVID jab. Lawmakers pass an amendment empowering the authorities to ban movies on national security grounds. And the chief secretary explains the decision to strike the alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China from the company's register. And to the weather, mainly cloudy, one or two rain patches tonight and tomorrow morning, sunny periods in the afternoon, with temperatures ranging between 24 and 27 degrees, moderate east to northeasterly winds, and the outlook mainly fine during the day on Friday, cloudy over the weekend. Currently 25 degrees Celsius, humidity 79%. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 
Clarks don't sleep in the subway, bringing us to our second hour on this Wednesday evening. Thanks ever so much for tuning in. Rob, how are you doing? We'll get to you in just a sec first. So just catching up from uh, just prior to the news at 11, a request by Chris Ernie, the fastest milkman in the West, cracking track from Benny Hill, of course. I think that takes us back to the early 70s and possibly to where we were last night. If you're listening to the show, folks, we're talking about junior choice and children's favourites and all the songs from back in those days. And I'm sure there are Benny Hill uh, that would have been somewhere in the charts alongside the likes of The Ugly Duckling by Danny Kaye and so on and so forth. We played yesterday, Puff the Magic Dragon. Uh, Peter and um, Thingy Gordon. Uh, where are we? It's uh, 18 past 11. Radio Pete at Gmail if you want to be in touch. Thanks a lot for your comments, Chris. By the way, if you do miss any of these shows, folks, you know, it's all on the archive. You get a year's worth, which you go back a year of this particular time slot. Of course, you get some old Uncle Ray stuff as well if you want to have a listen to him. He's all on the archive as well. A whole year's worth. RTHK.HK is the place to go. Search for English radio. And it's a little bit complicated there, but somewhere hiding on the page, you'll find ENG for English. As you know, on most websites here, they hide that fact. So you have to go searching for it, but uh, well worth a go if you want to have a listen to some of the past. Uh, I mentioned Rob earlier on. I was wondering what happened to you. I see the weather over there is not too good at the moment. It got a high wind warning, so I guess that's where your hair blown away. But nice to hear from you. Really pleased to uh, hear that uh, still knocking on, as it were. Radio Peter Gmail, if you want to be in touch, by the way. 
get our sentimental journey coming away at five past midnight, as it does Mondays to Fridays here on RTHK.